I wanted to say a few words about using questions in the practice. At this point, we've explored just some basic questions of, am I aware? What am I aware of? What's my attitude? And even these simple questions, uh, sometimes um, if we if we don't quite understand how to use questions in the practice, we end up looking for something or trying to answer the question somehow. And so the use of questions is more about sparking curiosity, actually. So um, you can think about um, an analogy I like to use is imagine there's a, a smooth pond with no ripples on it at all. And if you take a little stone and you drop a stone into that pond, it creates ripples. And you can just watch the, the ripples. You know, it doesn't take a lot of effort to notice the impact that that stone has on the smooth pond. And so with the questions, it's kind of similar. It's more like just drop the question into the to the mind and body. Drop the question in. And then don't look for it. Don't look for the answer. Don't think about the answer. Don't try to find anything. But just notice what happens. And so just continue being aware. It's like the question, am I aware? At least when I use it, the occasions that I use it, it's like for a few moments after that, the sense of awareness is very clear. And I didn't have to do that. It just kind of orients, the question itself orients the mind to explore that a little bit. And so using the questions isn't about trying to figure them out or answer them, but just allowing something, Mm -hmm. opening to something. For... um, Checking the attitude. I talked about, you know, backing off of, in the, in the meditation, I talked about backing off of actively using the questions as a way to uh, lighten the touch of effort at times. And for the attitude, um, sometimes rather than asking the question, what's the attitude or what's the relationship, sometimes just is there anything else here? There's another, another way into the attitude. Just like, is there something I'm not noticing here in this experience? And non-verbally for me, this experience, I'm going to use a gesture right now, so if you've got your eyes closed, it might be helpful to open them. Um, that, that there's some sense of what the awareness is observing almost as if it's in front of me or something. And that the, is there anything else, is kind of like stepping back. So, so it, it, it feels like a stepping back, like a, almost like checking out, is the, is the awareness a little narrow? Can the awareness take in more? Is there something not being seen? And so that's a kind of nonverbal way for me of checking the attitude. It feels like a broadening. And so the gesture for me helps to express that.
And then in terms of um, the other support for continuity, I mentioned the, um, the curiosity and noticing where we lose awareness. I think I'll talk a little bit about that at the beginning of the Dharma offering this afternoon. Um, but one piece I want to drop in for the rest of your day around noticing where we lose awareness. As you go through your day, there will be probably places or activities in which you kind of habitually lose awareness. Just start to get familiar with those. Does, do you lose awareness when you go into your room? Do you lose awareness when you go through the meal line? Do you lose awareness between getting up from the sitting to go for a walking meditation? To start to, to notice where you lose awareness. But then again, rather than the sense of, of um, using effort to try to hold the attention there, get curious about what happens. What happens in that place? What happens when I go into my room? Again, whenever the mindfulness gets lost, we're missing something. What are we not seeing? So just get curious about it. It's, again, it's not about forcing. And, and over and over again, you'll go into those activities and forget. Over and over again, you'll go into those activities, get lost and wake up and say, oh, I didn't see it again. Just keep trying. No need for uh, self-recrimination or self-judgment about the fact that you haven't noticed it. Just keep recommitting. Oh, missed it again. Wow. It's like how amazing, how amazing the mind is that it has these strong habits. Rather than being judgmental about them, it's more like keep trying, keep, keep working to increase that, that awareness to, to be able to meet those things. Sometimes the ways in which awareness slips out can be very subtle. And so it takes some patience and some, um, you know, just... The, the continuity begins to reveal those things. But the, the recognizing, so the, the recognizing where we lose awareness, like if you, if you recognize over the course of the day that you lose awareness every time you go into your room, then that might be, a, a way to explore that might be, you know, you're aware, you know, you, you know, the idea comes, oh, I need to go to my room to get my hat, something like that. Like, oh, my room. I tend to lose awareness in my room. Let's see what happens. And so, you know, right there in that moment, as you're heading to your room, you can be curious. Again, not to try to hold yourself there, but be curious. What happens? So as you recognize the places you lose awareness, sometimes Gil says something like, you can add a little salt to that time. You know, make it a little, see if you can be curious, add a little interest to that place or that time, as you're going through the meal line, as you, if you notice you, you um, uh, lose awareness at lunchtime, you might just start to see, can you refine, where is it that you get lost? Do you get lost while you're standing in the line? Or are you pretty aware while you're standing in the line and it's when you, you're actually st- at the table, you get lost in the food? Or maybe you, you're really aware all the way through the table and it's as soon as you start trying to navigate the tea station and all the people that's like reactivity arises because of all the people around. How do you get lost? Where? What happens? Curiosity. So 
So um, I won't take questions now. What I'd like to do this afternoon, I'll say just a few, I'll, I'll have a few comments about um, some instructions, a little more of the practice. And um, what I'd like to do after that is to take questions, but rather than taking questions in in the hall, what I'd like to suggest is that if you have questions, write your question down. And so we'll do written questions this afternoon. Um, I find that some groups have more questions than others, and so we'll see how this goes. If there are questions um, that you're willing to offer, you can think of it as an offering, a question that you write down to the community. Um, and those of you who have questions, um, feel free to write multiple questions. I can't promise to uh, answer all the questions, again, depending on how many questions there are. I'll be able to answer some number of them, and sometimes one question can be a whole talk, <laughs> depending on what the question is. So you're all welcome to put questions on the board, all of you, um, including those of you who are the residents, uh, those of you who are auditing the retreat. Um, it's helpful for me if you have multiple questions to write them on separate pieces of paper. Um, and then when you, so write the question, post it on the note board. And again, it would also be helpful for me if instead of writing my name on the outside of the question, you just wrote question on the outside of the question. And that way with the pile of notes that accumulate, I'll be able to distinguish which ones are things I need to address right now and which ones are questions for the, for the afternoon. I will post three extra sign-ups for this afternoon. I'll go down there now and post that. Um, my intention for these sign-ups uh, is that they're available uh, primarily if you are having, a, you know, a sense, perhaps a sense of struggle or confusion or um, something that's coming up that's like you're not sure how to work with it, um, and so. And there's not a lot of these extra slots, and so if you f if you feel like you're you're working with your practice and it's n there's not particular issues, these these slots aren't aren't time for just a general um, dharma discussion. It's more for spe something specific that's happening for you today in your practice. <laughs> um, and it, by all means, if it's if it's um, you know a confusion or something, you know, not, it doesn't have to be like this major like oh my God, I'm going to like leave the retreat if I don't see a teacher. You know, it doesn't have to be that serious. <laughs> it's just you have any kind of a question that you feel it would support you to be uh, continue your practice today, feel free to sign up. Um, those are for this afternoon. I have three slots this afternoon. Um, the groups today are at 11 and 6.30. So just pointing that out. Those are the times for the group meetings. Um, then, um, ooh, um, more on the eight precepts. A couple of you have asked what's allowable. Um, I posted the actual eight precepts on the board next to the eight precept sheet so you can, you can see those um, to know what precepts to take if you're not familiar with them yourself. 
Um, and for allowables for the eight precepts, it's basically um, clear liquids uh, after the after the evening meal, and so that includes juice or tea. Can include sugar. Um, generally, um, milk is considered a food. So, um, soy milk that would be considered a food. So, uh, clear clear liquids are fine after the the. Uh, evening meal, after the lunch meal. And then I put out Saito's books, uh, one of his books, uh, on the uh, table in the community hall. And I have enough copies for all of you. I think I brought 40 copies, so the residents, all the residents can have them. Um, and uh, uh, so take a copy. If you have a copy at home and didn't bring it, you're welcome to use one while you're here, but then um, if you'd leave it here uh, at the end, that would be uh, helpful as these books are not just available like on the internet or um, you know, they have to be specifically ordered for each retreat. And then a few words about reading practice. Um, I would encourage you not to just sit down and read the book front to back. That's a lot of words. Um, what I'd suggest, how I suggest you use the book might be um, if you're finding that you need some inspiration during the day, uh, there's a section in the back of the book that is um, like a whole bunch of little points that came out of Dharma discussions with Sayadaw. And sometimes you can just open it to that section and read one or two points and uh, just see how they inspire you. And so just little short bits of reading. Um, the first, say, 15, 20 pages of the book might be more than that. This is a different format of book. I haven't checked it out. But the first section of the book basically gives a, a description of the practice. And so if there's a confusion for you about some of the basics of the practice, it's laid out there. And so you can read through that if you're confused about, for instance, working with thoughts. There's a section about that. Or working with sounds. There's a section about that. So um, you, can, you can look at the book for that purpose too. Um, when you're reading, I would really like to encourage it to be a practice. When you pick up that book, you know, picking up a book is a, is a prime place to lose awareness. And so when you pick up that book, See if you can explore a kind of this 50-50 mindfulness I was talking about yesterday. 50% of the attention on the content and 50% of the attention on how it impacts you. As you read Dharma, it will have an impact on your experience. And so notice that. Be aware when you're reading. How does it land? Sometimes it can be uh, confusing and there might be agitation in the mind. Sometimes it can be a, a sense of just an intuitive opening to being aware in the moment as you're reading. So just notice the impact of the reading. This is a great way also to practice for daily life because it's like reading is like practicing for listening in conversation. You're taking in someone else's thoughts you're taking in the content of someone else's mind. How does that impact you? Can you be aware of how the content of someone else's mind impacts you? It is possible. 
And so practicing with it while reading, you can take the little contents of somebody else's mind in doses that you control, so you don't have to be overwhelmed by it. So just exploring that. Let's see if I have any more announcements. Oh, one more. Um, the person who uh, is ringing the 10:15 sitting um, um, signed up for an interview at 10 o'clock. Is that right? Would, I think, um, Peter, are you the first one at 9.45? Would you be willing to switch with Sally so she can come in and ring the bell? At 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. So you can come at 9.45, Sally. Great. Enjoy your day.